0: The time we've all been waiting for, finally, we made it. We made it to the best ball playoffs. We made it to the best ball playoffs. We already got eighty-four teams in sixty-two in the millie. I don't know what that means, pecan. I don't know what that means. But we're here. It's it's the most bittersweet feeling of all time. It's been the longest season ever. If you follow John Daigle, he tweets about this all the time. And it somehow is getting worse, significantly worse. But I'm excited. I think everybody that has gotten into this best ball thing is excited, as you should be, that we made it this far. We're now into the playoffs. This is the fun part, right? This is what you draft for. How many teams did you advance? Are my teams alive? How many of your teams that you advance, are they, like, do you actually feel good about them? have a lot plenty that I don't feel that I don't feel good about and now it's like complete and utter anarchy the NFL is is pure chaos right now I don't even really know what exactly to think it's it's still so early in the week and uh, 62 that is that is outrageously good 62 teams advancing is like unreal good luck sir and great work that's amazing i think i have i don't remember how many i have too many teams um i drafted too many teams i tried to do a bunch of tabulations and stuff yesterday kind of in preparation for this but um i, th- I feel like the overarching theme i'm interested uh to yeah i mean that what Steven says here is, 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 is everything right. It is, it's like on one hand, I think as much kind of variance and chaos that happens is, is good. Like the whole point of this game, this silly, stupid ass best ball (laughs) game that we play and we draft, you know, I draft it's, it's December. And I have teams that are advancing now that I drafted in May. People drafted before me in April, right? We play this and, and we're not going to know the answer still for another three weeks, right? We're not going to know the answer for like seven months after you drafted these teams. We're like, that's insane. First of all, when you think about it, but we do that because actually of this chaos and this variance, Right. And so on one hand, I think I don't want to say this is good. Obviously, I don't want people getting COVID, whatever. We don't need to, we don't need to do the 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 medical hour. But on one hand, as much like if ratchet up the variance is good. And I think people struggle with that. I think people struggle with the fact that this game is complete and utter chaos. And that's why we talk about structure. That's why we talk about all these strategies, right? Hyper fragile is the sexiest one, right? Zero RB, whatever. Why do we talk about all that is because those are different ways for us to capitalize on the chaos that we're seeing right now. This type of chaos is, I mean, who the, how the hell could you, how the hell could you guess (laughs) we would get to the playoff week and it would be the most insane point in kind of the, the, covid times of, of this season right i mean we're getting like record level guys um going on the covid list which is you know like i said on one hand obviously it's very bad like real life it's bad but the amount of variance is like it it, it feels like to me i don't know what you guys think it feels like to me that like you know use the the peter overzet bit on like a dfs like like the slate just got flipped on its head That's how I feel right now about these best ball playoffs. I look at my teams. I'm sure you guys have looked at your teams and like I have plenty of teams. I don't really feel very good about Um, mainly on underdog. I don't feel very good at all about my entire portfolio of teams that are advancing, but you're like, if you take a step back, you're like, if I, I hear a lot of people saying that, so everybody is feeling that. And then we're getting every, every day, we're getting new guys being placed on the COVID list. And there's just no way to know what kind of impacts we're gonna get from that, right? Like the one that kept, the one that uh, jumped out to my mind mostly because it hurt me probably the most is like Alexander Madison goes on the COVID list, and he is not vaccinated, so he's automatic. He tests positive. He's automatically out ten days, right? So he, not that he with Dalvin back was gonna be anything this weekend, but you never know, right? You just never know when a guy rips off a 50 yard touchdown or steals some, a goal line touchdown from Dalvin or a, whatever. And you just have these situations with all these guys getting knocked out. Odell, right. We obviously have the Rams issues and the NFL might do something right now to, to kind of combat this. But I feel <clears throat> to me, like I said, I don't know what you guys feel like. I feel like it is so wide open. The latest news that I did want to talk about, I really wanted to talk about touch on while I'm thinking about it while it's on the top of my, my head is obviously DeAndre Hopkins, you know, so DeAndre Hopkins was low key. One of the biggest bust picks in all of fantasy, like him and Alan Robinson, people love to talk about other, other people. And because Nuke was like, okay. In a, in a few different weeks, he didn't quite get the same label, but <clears throat> obviously, you know, kind of all those guys right there, um, Ridley Hopkins, Allen Robinson, McLaurin. A lot of these guys were not very good Metcalf. And so he kind of has flown under the radar. He's obviously a very, probably going to be a very low advance rate player, but if you, he gets healthy right before the playoffs, Kyler gets healthy right before the playoffs. We know that they have the Cowboys matchup. They play the lions this week. Their playoff schedule is great. You're probably, if you, if you snuck Deandre Hopkins teams through, you're probably very excited. Obviously that's gone. He's done, done for the regular season and unsure about the playoffs. But well, what does that mean now? If you have any combinations, almost of any of the other, I, I think that there's just a trick, triple trickle down, excuse me, effect across the entire Cardinals roster. Mainly the wide receivers, of course, but then you have James Conner is also banged up. So there's like this insane trickle down effect to everybody. Obviously, AJ Green and Christian Kirk are probably the biggest beneficiaries. But I'm really excited for Ron- Rondale Moore. His biggest issue to production has just been f- flat out getting on the field. This opens that up. Obviously, it's good for Zach Ertz as well. You know, particularly DeAndre Hopkins is such a red zone threat on a high powered offense. I mean, if you have Cardinals guys, non DeAndre Hopkins and probably non Kyler Murray, not sure that it matters that much for Kyler. But um, you know, you remove Nuke, it's not amazing. But it's like another thing, right before the best ball playoffs start, the entire Arizona passing attack, besides Nuke, is like, looks like you really want them on your team. The other one, somebody just posted this in, in Discord here. Let me, I'm actually going to share really quick because it's Chrome tab, NFL news. Um, so we see here Calzone posted this guy right here that uh, Ekl- Austin Eckler is going to be a game time decision this, this week they played the chiefs on a short week and he's, he's, you know, he, he, he's sore. Austin Eckler has been, you know, he's had a, a very good year. He's a, he's such an interesting, he's such an interesting um we were talking about him a little bit in Discord yesterday. He is like clearly, a great, like you want him on your teams. He's had a great year. I think everybody should be happy with having, with having Austin Eckler on any, any sort of advancing team. But he was more so like last man standing. Like he was good. He had a really good year. But it wasn't like legendary season. You know, it wasn't like, oh my God, I don't have Austin Eckler, which is probably how people feel about JT. Oh my God, I don't have JT. Two years ago, oh my God, I don't have Christian McCaffrey. And so he was kind of like this this last man standing type of thing. But running back is so bad. Like running back is so bad that he was a pretty big edge. And now you have one of the few big edges at running back in a good matchup, in a high scoring game. Uh, Spoiler alert, of which there are almost none this week. The slate is one of the worst for like game environments of the season. It is horrendous. I don't know if you've looked at it. And so you have one, the the one guy you would probably, and like, especially if you have an Eckler team without JT, you're like, uh, this is my shot. JT gets, JT gets the Patriots. Eckler's in this high scoring game, potentially high scoring game with the, with the chiefs. I feel really good about this. Now, A, he may not play. I think he probably toughs it out. Right. If it's up to him, you know, if he's, if he's truly close enough, um, I think he, you know, is sh- assuredly going to try to tough it out. But what does that mean? Is he going to seed some snaps? And now he's also maybe not as, you know, it's a, it's it, it, this, it, this is anarchy, man. This is complete and utter anarchy. We lose multiple guys. Those are to injuries. We have all the COVID stuff going on. And so, I, like I said, I think this is maybe the most wide open thing we've ever seen. Particularly when we take into account, like, the games of this week, too. Um, let me unshare this. When we take into account... That fact, like, go look through the schedule for this week and tell me which game, which games you're like, oh, man, this is the shootout. This is the game I got to have. Well, I guess it's probably Chiefs Chargers. But it's like, I I don't have the slightest idea of what, like, I feel like is a is a huge favorite right now. And I don't think, you know, I'm not sure that that was the case before. And we're sitting here on Wednesday trying to think about it. But like. More guys are going to go on the covid list as, as bad as that sucks. It's just going to happen over the next couple of days. And then we're not like, we're not even getting to talk about injuries because of all the COVID stuff. It's like the injury we all like this week or this week, this year has been so batshit insane for injuries. We come you know, Friday is like chaos every week, every week. Friday is like so-and-so's out. You know, DeAndre Swift is out. Oh Shit. You know, wasn't, didn't really think that DeAndre Swift was going to miss. Okay. Now he's out okay I can't think of another person off the top of my head but right but like the Friday news dumps every week were an insane amount of guys that end up missing it's been a crazy year for that now we still have that and that's like in the barely in the back of our minds because you're just praying that your guy doesn't get put on the COVID list (laughs) like your most important players in the most important week I mean I guess two weeks from now is the most important week but you know, you got to get to this championship now. Now we've reached the week that we need all of our guys to be there. And like, if you made it there without injuries and then you get hit on the COVID list, it's like, absolutely, absolutely brutal. So you guys had a couple of comments that I really want to bring up that are perfect. Um, Yeah. So Hayden says, I think this nonsense rewards people who grinded the best grinded best in rounds eight to 18, because those, you know, round 14 picks suddenly matter when a lot of the times, like you said, your team, you know, of course you had to weather injuries, but we assume in general teams that got through to the playoffs are healthier than the rest, right? A lot of times it's just luck of the injury draw to, to advance. Of course you need to hit, right? You know, you, you need some combination of players that were good, but a lot of the times it's just like, did you stay healthy enough to get there? And so now, we reached, we reached this point and people are getting knocked out left and right. You know, more um, more important players are getting knocked out left and right. And it's like uh, the guy that jumps to my mind right now, um, just from recently looking at a, at, a, at a few things that you're like, all of a sudden I really want this guy on my team when I don't even know that I gave a shit about him before. is like Gabe Davis, Gabe Davis stayed healthy. Gabe Davis was, is a young player, you know, growing in his role already throughout the course of the season in an offense that we we really love. Now all of a sudden Manny Sanders is out. Do you have Gabe Davis or do you have Brian Edwards? <laughs> you know, Brian Edwards is healthy, but he's totally useless to you. You know, R- Rondale, obviously this is a fluky situation for what has happened with Rondale or, or AJ Green or Christian Kirk, all three of them. This is a fluky situation and how it has played out, but it was, those were, Probably pretty good calculated bets. You know, did you grind those guys or did you take, you know, I, I can't, I'm not, I'm really not trying to call out any bad picks, but I think if you were able to build around the right core of double digit round guys, and then obviously the health thing is a, is, is a, is a must. It's the ante to the game. You, you have to stay healthy enough um, and then also get COVID luck to, to get there. But if you were, and and then the other thing is structure, right? The other thing is, the other thing is structure. Like we can all pretend that we know better on who to draft in, in the, the double digit rounds. And I think most of the time there are guys who are better bets than others, but also like nobody really had any idea that Eli Mitchell was actually the backup running, you know, Raheem Mostert's backup. Uh, in San Francisco, right? Cordero Patterson, we had like a little bit of a glimpse that like uh something was happening with CPAP. but like there's so there's a lot of a lot of that variance that you know we just can't really see coming. Some guys get cut that you don't even really expect expect to get cut. You know, people thought Brashad Perriman was going to be a wide receiver one and he got cut. Thanks Leone. But um it's structure, right? And that's what Jack says like the chaos rewards those who build to capitalize on it. If you, if you build, these are, these are definitely the, probably the three best examples of how you best capitalize on fragility, you know, on capitalizing on fragility equals capitalizing on chaos, right? So how do you do that? Hyper fragile, pray my running back, stay healthy. And then I just have all these wide receivers through, through volume. And I have healthier, good running backs than everybody else. And, and just a shit ton of, of wide receivers or the opposite, right? I know inherently that all there's going to be chaos at this running back position. So just give me, you know, give me JT as my hero and then I'll figure out running back to the rest of the way, right? You're capitalizing on this fragility. So structure, I feel like everybody and everybody that's listening to this, everybody that's in the spike week discord is already doing this. I'm not saying anything that you guys don't already know, but the, but the, the structure thing just, Every week feels more and more important, and like this week, even you know, even to me, someone who knows how important it is, it has just like hit home. Like God, if you structured your teams well, you know, and you have JT Mixon, right? You have JT Mixon, and it's like you just went hyper fragile with, J- with a JT Mixon. It's like you can make it through an Elijah Moore injury. You can probably make it through a DeAndre Hopkins injury. You know, I don't know about winning the whole thing. But it's like if you structure your team well, you know, you obviously have to get lucky. But if you structure your team well, that's how you can like benefit from these things when everyone else is is you know dying from these things. Um, please don't bring up the deep state. I don't want to get banned. I don't want to get banned from YouTube. We're just trying to get this thing off the ground. Hayden. Um yeah, this is a good way to put it. It's chaos, prep. It's chaos, it's chaos prep. but this is also why, like, people... I saw somebody... Uh, I can't even remember who it was now off the top of my head. But I saw somebody say, like, uh, the other day, you know, like, the uh, in terms of the late round thing, um, they were talking about, like, oh, you got to get contributors in in the late rounds. And I agree. But this is also why we, we draft um, typically leaning a little bit more towards the younger guys. Right? Because not only are they, like... And it's not that they... Ha- it's not that they have a necessarily a better shot to stay healthy, but in general, kind of, um, they kind of do. Um, and then they're ascending and, and, and they're at their peak in this playoff time that we're at right now, right? How Rondale got there is lucky, but Elijah Moore was on his way to doing this, right? And so somebody was like, oh, you know, people were idiots for drafting De'Ami Brown. And it's like, Diami Brown was a miss, but I don't think that Diami Brown archetype of player is wrong what was wrong at all actually um it just didn't hit you don't hit everything you know what i mean um let me see yes yeah, later slater is out too that really sucks yeah I, I, I i'm i'm assuming that ridley is not coming back obviously i have, you know you guys know probably even more than i do he, there's just no up no updates i kind of feel like at this point you know, we're so late in the season that, you know, unless he just wants to come back and play a cup, right. He gets, um, hopefully he's okay. And he gets everything, you know, uh, straightened out that he needs to get straightened out and he just wants to play. But I feel like he's been away for so long. It's like, is he even in football shape? Might just, he might just want to sit this one out. Um, So this is also a really good point. Bye Jack. I was, I've been thinking about this a lot. You know, I was thinking about uh, before this show, like who, like, and I I would love to post in the chat. If you have um, some opinions on some guys, like in terms of separators, let's call it separators. And I don't just mean low owned guys or whatever, but guys that you think are probably the biggest advantages heading into this. Who, who are the biggest advantages? And like the easy answer everyone is always going to say is like, okay, Cup, JT, Lenny, Fournette, right? And I, I don't disagree with those. But I think Cup, given everything going on and the fact that Cup was, you know, more of a third, fourth, and sometimes fifth, sixth, super early in drafts, a little bit later pick, the early round, um, You know, wide receivers are not super, super, super smashes. And just everything is setting up for Cup to get 15-plus targets every week, right? Now Odell is out. I don't know if he's out-out, but um, I don't think they've announced. You guys can correct me if he's vaccinated. I I actually didn't double-check that. But obviously Odell is on the COVID list. Robert Woods is out. There's no target competition for Cooper Cup, and he he has a good matchup this week. Meanwhile, JT, who was really like the separator, Particularly given um, position, you know, I'm I'm never going to bet against JT having a good game, and he could certainly still go for 102 here. But this is the toughest matchup JT has had, outside of I, I guess the Bucks. And honestly, he he almost got a little lucky to backdoor a good Bucks game. But Cup would be the guy where I feel like running back with all the chaos might just be super low scoring. In general, and it's been low scoring anyway, but it might just be super low scoring to where you need to smash those wide receivers. And if Cup is just putting up twenty plus points every single week, and we know he's you know he's obviously going to be popular, and you can hit some other wide receivers that do that for this next for these next next three weeks, I'm not certain that you're going to need the super elite running back game given the state of the running back position right now and then obviously some of the matchups and stuff now JT has some good ma- has some other good matchups so you know you sneak in a, you sneak a JT team through he, he could absolutely be that guy but I feel like cup is is the guy that I keep coming back to as like man teams that teams that I have that don't have cup I do feel a lot more behind than teams that have JT which I'm not sure that I would have said that um, a few a few weeks ago. Rams Seahawks is a real, that's a really interesting one for DFS as well this week, but uh, that game could be the game that you have to have. I think chiefs chargers is the favorite to be the game. Like if you don't have exposure to that game, you know, I'm certain people in your, you know, in your advancing pool, your little advancing league or whatever, are probably going to have some Rams and Seahawks, given how popular the cup is, you know, Stafford's had a good year. Lockett's actually had a a, a pretty good year. I have a, pretty strong clip of Lockett advancing. Um, I think, you know, or I, I guess, you know, I got got ahead of myself, but like Chiefs Chargers, right? You know, Mike Williams, obviously Tyreek Kelsey, C.E.H. Daryl Williams. And then Eckler has been great. Keenan has been fine. Herbert has been awesome. And so some combination of those guys, you know, if that game really blows up, I, I think you would love to have that game. And I think Ramseyhawks Seahawks might be the second one that you would, you would love to have Packers, Ravens um, might have been there, but I don't know. We'll see about with uh, Tyler Huntley. Um, let's see. Oh God, yeah. I'll never. I'm. I. I am. I am more than happy to hold every L that I should ever have taken in anything, any sort of gambling venture. I will never, ever hold the Darrington Evans L. It happened. The dream fucking scenario happened. Everyone said Derrick Henry can't get hurt. <clears throat> and everyone said, like, oh, if Derrick Henry gets hurt, like, oh, are these backups are really even worth it? They, they, they brought Dontrell Hilliard off the street and Dante Foreman off the street, and they both ran for 200 or they both ran for 100 yards and a touchdown in the same game. Darrington would have been a smash. Darrington would have been a smash. This bit is too good though, by the way, this is kind of funny. I know no one cares about this and I'm certainly not expecting no one besides me cares about this. And I'm certainly not expecting a, uh, any real good performances from Sam Darnold, even if he does come back, but um, he did get activated. I, I think it's interesting for a couple different reasons. He was horrible. He's bad. He's, terrible real real life quarterback. They were still somehow better throwing the ball <laughs> even with him. And I know he hasn't done it in a long time, but he runs just enough um I think I think if you have Panthers advancing, certainly if you have Darnold, him coming back is a plus even though that sounds crazy. Cam has been Cam and PJ Walker have been somehow worse. Than Sam Darnold, which is a incredibly low bar, one of the lowest bars ever, <laughs> and they were somehow worse. <clears throat> so, um, I'm a you know I have Darnold on a handful of advancing teams. Um, let me look. Sorry, really riveting. Twelve teams I have twelve advancing teams with Darnold. Some of which could probably use him. <laughs> Whether I, have a, I know I have a Darnold. Hold on, I gotta look at this. I know I have one, one advancing team with Darnold and Trey Lance, and so it's like, oh my god, it would be amazing if Darnold actually came back here. Um, this is a great one. This is a great example of everyone looks to. So um, I'm gonna get. To, I'm gonna keep piling through these comments because you guys have some really good suggestions. Everyone always thinks of like the league winners when they talk about the separators, right? Where you will use that as our, our term separators. And like, I get that because they're like the best players in fantasy, right? Cooper cup uh, and Jonathan Taylor are the best two players in fantasy football right now. You want them on your teams, full stop. Leonard Fournette also another one. You just want him. His role is too good on, um, you know, arguably the best, one of the best offenses in the league, obviously with Tom Brady, blah, blah, blah. You want those guys. But like, the separators, I feel like, are these kinds of guys. Devontae Parker is one of the best examples in the league that honestly really didn't do shit all year, but are have come into this new role or have come back. <clears throat> Devontae Parker was mostly just health. Have come back and stepped into a real role and a fantasy useful role. And they were probably later round picks. Like, Devontae Parker is a guy. Like, if I look in, there's Devontae Parker, right? Gabe Davis, Devontae Parker are similar examples. If I have them on teams, like, I'm excited, especially because the Dolphins play the Jets this week. And it's like, man, you know, 11th round or whatever, Devontae Parker comes in, you know, five for 80 and one against the Jets. Like, I can be huge on also what might be a low scoring week. And so there's, it's guys like that. Somebody you mentioned in the Discord, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. Awesome. Another great example. Now, it's been a little bit because Hawkinson and Swift have been hurt, and obviously they're, but like another young player getting double digit targets now. I know it's a bad team, but like when you, if you're just getting that many targets, he could left box his way into 100 yards and a touchdown from a 16th round pick, you know? So those kinds of guys, I think, are the ones that are the most interesting. Everybody knows Cooper Cup is really good. Everybody knows Jonathan Taylor is really good. And I'm certainly not you know, hopeful for teams that like don't have Cooper cup, but how do you, how do you take the Cooper cup teams over the other Cooper cup teams? Or how do you somehow, you know, if maybe Cooper cup just goes eight (laughs) for 80, (laughs) maybe even like eight for 80 and one, which I, I I assume he's probably going to smash that every week. But if he just so happens to, uh, uh, Siri, just my, my Siri, uh, on my computer just started recording what I was saying about Cooper cup. Um, but how do you, you know, how do how do we win these things? And it's it's Devontae Parker, it's Gabriel Davis, it's Amon Ross, St. Brown. Um, trying to think of some some other guys similar similar to that. Obviously, yeah, this one is uh, is uh, a fairly a fairly clear example. Has been probably the most popular one, like on Twitter and and definitely in our Discord and stuff too. You know, obviously, you get a late round running back that did absolutely not literally nothing all year because he wasn't healthy, stepping into a a big role. I have, I have small concern. I, I'm a little more bearish on Rashad Penny, I think, than everyone else seems to be. Certainly. Teams that I have him on, particularly with the way that I structure teams, <laughs> are, are often running back needy. I got him through on a few, a, a few. Not a lot. I'm a little bit lower than a lot of other people here, but uh, I got a few. And he's needed. <laughs> so, like, I'm bullish on that aspect. But... He's still not going to be a workhorse. They're still going to play those other backs. And he did score a touchdown two weeks ago, right? Yeah. But they still can't really run the ball. And he happened to pop off for a big game against Houston. And one of them was a super late, like what, almost 50-yard rushing touchdown. In a timeshare, as we get into tougher matchups, um, I think – you know it's a lot it's going to be a lot thinner draw for for Rashad Penny to be s- s- useful but just having a back with a pulse that has a real role and has a chance to score we're seeing how important that is we're seeing how important that is right now oh my god this what you guys are saying right here this is my favorite i posted this on twitter earlier today i i think the jags can be one of the huge 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 um like you know league winners separators the jags in general i don't really know who like uh i assume flea i assume that's what you're flea flea says um you know james robinson could be like uh a hundred percent james robinson could be that guy they the jags are the jags are the worst offense in the nfl i'm not i'm not even sure it's close the texans are better <clears throat> But they now play, they they have been truly horrid all year. I mean, an absolute abomination all season. An embarrassment to football is, frankly, what the Jaguars are. But now, after that terrible season, they play Houston in the first round of the best ball playoffs and the Jets in the second round. The two worst defenses in the NFL. I believe, and I, th- I am, I am certain the moment I put this on record that they were going to, pr- they're, they're going to prove me wrong with their true incompetence. But I believe that even they can put up points, and like real points, not like thirteen points, like twenty plus points in both of these matchups. I really think they can, <clears throat> and so and like they were all cheap. All the Jags were cheap. And they and they were so freaking bad that if you got Marvin Jones through, you got James Robinson through, you got Visca through, you got Trevor. I mean, shit, Trevor Lawrence could have. He scored twenty five fantasy points, I believe, the last time that you know this was week one, and they also got destroyed. <laughs> but why can't Trevor Lawrence help you advance this week? It's the freaking Texans, man. And then the Jets. I think the Jags are one of the most fascinating situations. Debo is, Debo is like, um, Dwayne McFarland posted, you know, Dwayne does an awesome job posting um, utilization, he calls it. I like to use him for, um, you know, just kind of, I just read the stuff that he posts on Twitter. Cause it's really good to help you keep up with kind of like how players are being used to used in, in, in what roles, you know, not, cause it's not just like oh snap percentages or routes or whatever. He's posting uh, in depth data on how players are being used. And he talked about Debo and like, it's really true. I mean, they're not throwing Debo the ball anymore. And it, it could be, you know, two weeks, what, a couple weeks ago, Um, he smashed just as a running back, right? That was the Jags game, I think. And they didn't need to throw, um, you know, but the last few weeks, he's been a glorified running back, like not really getting targets. So that can flip at any moment. And I have a Debo as one of my most important players. So I'm certainly hoping that he does, but like we started the season when he was obviously not being used as a running back and he was one of the greatest you know, market share receivers in the NFL. And that is, has, that is completely gone. Obviously Kittle has emerged, but um, I, I'm hoping for a little bit more juice from Debo in the passing game. Odell, I, Odell needs to play this week. You know what I mean? Odell needs to play this week, which I don't, again, I don't know if that's uh, true, but he's a, he's an awesome one, man. He looks good he looked good on on Monday night and obviously all the opportunity in the world is there for him in that offense, because van is van is just not capable of um, being a huge volume hog. And you know, cup is, but there are still more, there's still more volume to go around and I think Odell's proven he can still play. So yeah, these ones are good ones. I think I'm also a little more bearish on Sony. Everybody seems to think Sony's just going to like take over this role. And I don't really see it. Um, you no, know, now if Henderson doesn't come back, then yeah, of course I would love Sony. But uh, I, I would bet against Sony kind of taking over the role. But certainly I would love to have Sony on teams compared to a lot of other <clears throat> compared to a lot of other running backs. And then, yeah, same thing. Like CPAP, these guys just weren't even getting taken. And it's like if you have them and they can can put up a big performance – and you just know, like, they're like, like, CPAP mainly is like one of the league winners. And he's on so few teams that you just know getting them through, you know, Eli Mitchell, the same thing. Uh, like, if you get those teams through, like, what an edge, man. What a massive edge. And so that is something I think I've learned for next year is these, you know, we're, we're taking shots on all these bums in the last round or whatever. I was all I was already taking the shots on the guys that I thought had upside, but being able to find the upside guys like that, and now next year it won't happen. Right, there won't be a CPAT, and there won't be an Eli Mitchell. Last year, they were pretty freaking rare uh, circumstances. But I want to. I do think that's a lesson learned. Into at least exploring guys that maybe aren't even being drafted, and da- like, you don't have to have. 15% of these guys, but you can get 2-3% of all these bums at the back end of, of, of drafts and and we see the edge in in like a Cordero Patterson. See, I, I struggle with Gallup. Harbs, I'm interested in, in you and everybody's take on Gallup. I drafted a lot of Gallup. I don't think I got a ton of Gallup through to, to the playoffs. Again, I can look that up real quick. Um, oops um let's see here oh on DraftKings I have a shitload of Gallup (laughs) I don't have a ton on underdog uh 18 DraftKings teams I got through have Gallup so I am hoping that you are correct in this in him being a, a separator he certainly can anyone on that offense can I I i just have really struggled to see it man with the cowboys and now last week was a little bit of a fluky game in how it played out obviously the defense totally dominating the defense scoring it's a mess it's a total mess but they have not been what i have been what i have you know hoped for and now i need them to be the dallas passing game was a big big part of my strategy this year but I, i it's tough for me to see Gallup doing the six for one twenty and two in a week, given how everything's going right now. I could certainly be wrong. And I'm hoping that I'm hoping that I'm wrong based on what I just looked at. This is an awesome example. I mean, name name uh, you know, 17th or 18th round pick you would rather have than Hunter Renfro. It's maybe only Eli Mitchell, and CPAP, right? And I'm not certain you would want them over Renfro. It's close. Obviously, it's dependent upon structure. If you have JT and Eckler, you want Renfro. But he was a guy that everybody obviously was out on because of, you know, the PSM or whatever. But, like, the guy has the ability to earn targets in – He's a very strong fit with uh, the way his quarterback likes to play. He doesn't have a lot of competition for targets in terms of like, I mean, Darren Waller, obviously, and his, his spike has certainly um, coincided <clears throat> somewhat with Darren Waller's absence, but he's just been good all year. And I think we were too stubborn on what he looks like, uh, the type of athlete that he is. He's a pretty good football player. And he is competing with Brian Edwards and used to be competing with Henry Ruggs And now Zay Jones for targets on the outside, at least. And so, um, and, and my hand in the dirt take is he's clearly a fit with, with Derek Carr. And so I think I have some, not a lot, but, um, I think, you know, people being down on him and and it's it's not like he's old either. I think people like think he's old again, because of, how he looks or whatever, but um, he's a great example. Mm, Kyler. I like the Kyler. I like the Kyler take. I also think Kyler take is a good take because I don't really, I don't really think that Nuke matters much. Um, Maybe that's a terrible take. I mean, he matters. I'm certainly not saying that he doesn't matter, but all you're doing is taking out Hopkins who to me looks like he's definitely taken a step back this year. And you're moving Christian Kirk to the outside and you're putting Rondale Moore in. Is that a downgrade? Yeah, I guess. But A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, Rondale Moore, Zach Ertz with Edmonds and Connor, Kyler will be fine. And Kyler, same thing. Kyler, you know, has missed a bunch of time. He was in route to what the MVP or something early on in the season. And that obviously hasn't come to fruition. But I don't think this is a terrible take probably mainly on DraftKings solely because I just don't know how many touchdowns the Texans are going to score. Now they do get the Jags this week, but um, I certainly did not see uh, the Texans losing every running back, including a bunch of guys they picked up during the season. Uh, And David Johnson being the last man standing when we got to the (laughs) best ball playoff. Maybe I should have saw that coming. I guess I don't know, but uh, he's you know it's him and Royce Freeman left in the backfield, um, which is pretty crazy to say. But I don't think I don't think that's a bad take. Kittle is another one I struggle with. So like, <clears throat> obviously, what Kittle has done the last two weeks is absolutely insane, and proving why, and, and carried some a, a few teams of mine across the finish line thankfully and proving the upside that this guy has but we're not that far removed from even when Kittle was playing he wasn't smashing he just did he, he just went full george Kittle for two weeks and so it's like he could he could easily go back to four catches for four, 45 yards and no touchdowns in the playoffs now am I expecting that no not necessarily but Debo could go back to being the guy. Ayuk is out there, right? Those guys could score. Eli Mitchell could come back and they could run the ball, right? They've thrown it a little bit more, especially last week. Uh, they threw it a lot, actually, without Mitchell. Um, so I struggle with George Kittle. You're certainly not upset having George Kittle on teams, but um, I don't want to overreact to two weeks, basically, is what I'm saying. Yeah, the San Fran matchup is bad, um, but the first two are good. Yeah, I I I, I kind of prefer Andrews. What do you guys think about tight end? Give me your – if you could have um, like some tight – either a specific tight end or like a, a tight end strategy on a team heading in, What what would you prefer? I kind of think it's Andrews because um, obviously Lamar being out sucks, but I th- I think Huntley showed last week he's good enough to keep Andrews relevant, and they cannot score without throwing. They're a passing team, maybe a bad one, but they're a passing team, and it he and he's the one. He's he's the first option. Yeah, he competes with Hollywood, but like. He's the he he's the number one player on their offense. Mark Andrews is on Baltimore with a bad defense that's going to give up a lot of points, and so he's. I kind of feel like Andrews is the tight end that I want to have on teams moving forward, um, even over Kelsey, even over Kittle, certainly over Waller, it's definitely over Hawk, definitely over Pitts. If I had to have Gasicki, is in the conversation because of how much later he is. Later, he went right. He obviously gives you a bunch more elite early options. I still like I still like uh, my Comet teams, even though you know he's going to be very hit or miss. But I, um, I'm still a little bit bullish on Comet. I'm certainly m- missing guys. Ertz, Ertz. I would really like Ertz on teams right now. Those are the guys sticking out off the top of my head. Yep, Ertz. Um, he's close to mine. (laughs) He was close to mine. Thank you. Thank you, Hayden. I earned them. I earned, I earned every one of those. (laughs) Paul, please. We need it. We need it. Oh my God. I will not quit. I'll do the, I'll take your job. Hayden, if this wins, because I have this stack everywhere. I'll give up playing because I'll win the million and I'll just, that'll be it. I'll retire and I'll come work with Josh and you can go do something else. You can go do basketball. You and Wob can go uh, do, do basketball. I will uh, I will be very happy. Robbie is a very important player for me <laughs> and so is Darnold. <laughs> um. Love me some Marvin. Love, love, love. Which is sickening for me to say kind of out out loud. Um, But I think, man, these next two weeks set up really good for Marvin. (laughs) Really good for Marvin. Kamara is a good one. This week will be tough for Kamara. We'll really see um, if Taysom can can be good enough throwing to him because, you know, Nobody runs on the Bucks. I don't think Kamara is necessarily going to be able to run on the Bucks, So he has to get the passing work. And uh, I think he will, but we'll see how effective he can be with Taysom. This is a great litmus test for Kamara down the stretch, but I'm also, I got some Kamara going forward. I'm excited about that too. I agree. Ooh, go- really good call. Nico, the Texans are a fun example because they've gone full youth finally. Nico had ten targets. Now they threw it forty something times, but uh, Nico was a full time player and got ten targets last week. So I'm excited if you have, if you have Nico Collins, uh, probably a little bit more on DraftKings, but on underdog too. I think um, I think you're excited about Nico. You know, w- with a full time role and a, a lot of targets, I think you can you can get a, a Nico spike or two down the stretch, which would be sweet. This week is the best candidate for it uh, against the Jags, but I would be I would be excited. About Nico, I think. Stop, stop it. Um, C H three is that Clyde edwards Who What's C H three? C E H. Anyway, C E H and Kelsey, yeah, Chiefs. The crazy, the Chiefs got to be fairly higher, like somewhat high up on the list, right? They have really underperformed like totally. I mean, Kelsey isn't even the tight end one anymore. Andrews is. And the chiefs have obviously Ceh has been a bust, but like they're healthy. Now We get some good matchups down the stretch, some games where they might get pushed. This, you might finally see the Kelsey explosion. You might finally see Ceh put up some big games and they're, advance rates are going to be much lower than we probably expected to start to start the year cuz they haven't been very good. Oh my god, yes. I didn't, I don't know why I didn't think about that when you uh guys talked about Kamara and Taysom absolutely could be one. Absolutely. How many how many teams can manufacture a late round quarterback with his upside? Cuz quarterbacks bad this year. Really bad. Like across the across the board, it's bad. That's why we're talking about Kyler and stuff. Because Josh Allen hasn't lived. Like Brady has been good. Stafford has been pretty good. Herbert has been pretty good. Dak hasn't been very good. Lamar has been shitty. And now he's hurt. Kyler has been hurt. But now he's back at least. Because Allen has underperformed. Mahomes has certainly not paid off his, his cost. All the rookies have sucked. Fitz is hurt. Darnold is hurt. Daniel Jones is hurt. Derek Carr's dust because their offense is dust. Like quarterback is bad. Quarterback is really bad. Tua is good. And Tua looks good. Which is sad because Tua isn't like some crazy upside option. Tua is just providing a floor. But Taysom, if you took the dive on Taysom late, it's like, oh man, you actually have an upside super late round quarterback that can give you an a loaded roster around him. He absolutely could be. Yes, I also want Hendo back. He is like a top five for me and most important players in the playoffs. Def definitely. I just don't even know what's good for the Cowboys anymore. Oh, I like this one because Carter should be back this week. Um, you know, we'll see what the Jets do do down the stretch, but Carter was, you know, trending towards uh Borderline league winner. And then obviously got hurt. And uh, the Jets are somehow worse with Zach Wilson. Good Lord, he is bad. Yep, definitely. Kendrick Bourne, great late round pick. Definitely had the nut run out. And then, you know, that's just how things go. It's just a proven guy that there was no way in which Hunter Renfro was not going to have spike weeks. Fact. it's a fact because if they get into a negative game script you knew obviously the rugs and waller thing has made Renfro a stone smash but even if those things did not happen it was a proven lock that hunter Renfro was gonna have good games this year he it, it it's not really debatable it's how many and like how much upside does he really have but like how is he different than other guys we were taking bets on? later like if you get the nut run out you can be a smash when you're th- in this this role in this this type of player that hunter renfro is it's just you know we get a lot of things wrong love t love t uh i think i said in discord yesterday recently um i think the Bengals in general i'm glad you posted t but the Bengals in general i think it's it's Probably not Boyd, but T, Chase, and Mixon, I think their offense is so concentrated between four guys that I think, like, if it were up to me, I would probably have a bangle on every best ball team that was advancing. Because I think even if they don't score a bunch, it's just so concentrated between guys that, like, it's like a lock one of Chase and Higgins are going to have a good game every single week, sometimes two, and, and or Mixon. So, definitely agree. Def a hundred percent. Couldn't agree more with that. If you watched, if you watched um, Spike Week videos, you would have done the opposite. That's a victory lap. Got one thing right out of a hundred. Gronk is a great one. Yeah. Gronk is right up there with tight ends, 100%. He rivals. I totally forgot about Gronk, so thank you for bringing him up. He rivals. Knox. Yes, Knox. So, Andrews, Gronk, Knox, maybe Gesicki. is after those guys. <clears throat> Friarmuth, yes. Another good call. Another good call. Oh yeah. DPJ. Oh man. I, 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 I was, I was, uh, I was getting fairly uh, excited looking through some, some DPJ teams that, that moved on because uh, boy, you want to talk about everything coming up, coming up aces for somebody here in the playoffs. Um, I think that's what's happening for, for DPJ. And I think he's one of those, you know, it, it's, it's, we, I, the Nico example was great earlier. I really like, I'm, I'm excited for Nico's role to grow, role to grow. But DPJ is like the guy that can like really like what he had a hundred yard and two touchdown game already this year. Like, I don't really think Nico can do that. DPJ can be the guy that like breaks a slate and wins you the million dollars. So um very excited for DPJ. Yeah, definitely Knox. Yep. Yep. 100% what happened at tight end. Oh yeah, I agree. I think if you have Dalvin on advancing teams, you should be very excited. Somehow he went from one of the worst picks to one of the best picks. (laughs) And it's not just last week. I think um, last week certainly um, probably puts a little cherry on top of it, but... uh, You know, obviously now Madison is out. You just have a you know, – they're playing for the – they're trying to make the playoffs still. And so they're just – Zimmer is just going to ride this guy. And we saw last year what he can do. You know, he hasn't quite lived up to that this year. But we saw what he can do, um, you know, from an upside perspective. And he's actually run a little bad this year. You know, maybe a little regression from last season. But, you know, with how bad running back is, Dalvin could very easily be the guy that, like, you want to have. Here in the playoffs. God damn it. I was really hoping you wouldn't say this because I know you uh, mentioned this, but I agree. I mean, so here's my problem with the Jimmy G thing. It's like he just had his, like, what, his best game? It's where like 24 fantasy points, something like that. I mean, I can look it up. Uh, It's like the problem with a guy like Jimmy G is just like he had 20. He threw for uh, when he he threw for two ninety six and two touchdowns. They threw the ball forty one times. Oh, I guess he he had a he had a thirty point he, yeah. I forgot he had the game uh, where he had two rushing touchdowns at the goal line and he scored thirty. He scored thirty fantasy points earlier this year, but it's just he just doesn't he just doesn't do it. like it's crazy that all these weapons that he has and he still can't put up. Like, dude, how can you not get, like, 25 fantasy points more more frequently? And so if he, if he like, ran a little bit, I would have been like, yeah, I agree with you. I prefer Lance, but I want to take a little bit of Jimmy late because he does have upside. But he's just like, this, this team can score 40 points a week, and this dude can't even put up 25 fantasy points. It's crazy. I mean, they threw the ball 40 times and scored, what, 30 or whatever last week, and he scored 20 points. He's throwing checkdowns to George Kittle and Debo, and they're and they're breaking fifty-yard touchdowns, and the guy can't even score any fantasy points. He's so bad, man. I mean, I have a lot of pits advancing Harv's, um, so I'm I'm hopeful, but uh, I don't feel really good about it, honestly. <clears throat> so maybe a little bit of of uh, it's worn me down. The Pitts thing has worn me down. I got really excited after whatever it was. When they went to London, you know, he started off on a hot stretch and, and really got going. But dude, the lack of touchdowns is just it's painful. It's painful when a very important player for you just never gets any work. Never get never gets to score any touchdowns. It's, it's, it's painful. So it's hard to be, it's hard to be too bullish. You know what I mean? But he has it clearly has the clearly has the ability and the role and I mean this, this scenario for Kyle Pitts is like, what more can you ask for? People were hating on like this rookie tight end thing. Like me liking him in the fifth round ended up being wrong, but the people, the reason for people hating him in the fifth round. And I think Reeves, uh, Rich, Rich Rebar said it the other day. He's like, everybody was right (laughs) about Kyle Pitts. It's like, You were wrong for taking him in the fifth round, and you were wrong for your reasons not to take him in the fifth round. It's just one of that. That's just how it goes. He's interesting. I'm not upset. Jerry Judy is on teams. They need to be pushed uh, to throw the ball a little bit more because he's the 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 market share has been great for Jerry Judy since he's come back with Teddy, but uh, they need. They need to be pushed a little bit more. The offense revolves around Javante and Melvin right now. And um the defense is playing well. So they need they need to be pushed for Judy to like really be a smash. But the, the market share is nice for Jerry Judy. All right. I think we we hit an hour. Damn, that flew by. Um hold on, I'll hit this check. Stafford Cup, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. Looks like a pretty similar list to mine. Looks like a pretty similar list to mine. All right, guys. So plan of attack moving forward. Uh tomorrow I'm gonna do a uh, gauntlet, a gauntlet draft stream tomorrow afternoon. Um, then I'm gonna be gone for this weekend. And next week, we're gonna keep we're gonna keep plowing through playoff draft. Like I like talking about this shit. I don't know if you guys like talking about it and uh, we'll keep kind of sweating these playoff weeks together. Um, Do some streams talking about where, you know, everything stands. You guys can share, you know, next week will be really fun, right? You guys can share some advancing teams. We can really start to dive into, okay, we're getting really close to the end, to the end of this thing. Um, If you have not, if you have not joined the spike week discord, go to spikeweek.com in the top, right, there's a link to the discord It is 100% free and the conversation is right now it's around, it is 24/7 around the clock. Awesome, fun discussion around best ball. We will all be sweating our contests together as we close out this best ball regular season. And like I said, tomorrow I will catch you guys. We're going to start to dive real, real deep into these playoff best ball contests. But for me and for my dogs, as always, who didn't is the first, this is the first show they didn't like in the history of Spike Week that they didn't go crazy and bark? I think I think so. Give it a thumbs up. I will catch you guys tomorrow. See ya. Peace.